So, I, so, what? so I, I've enjoyed, I have enjoyed like having the drums, like I've enjoyed doing the drums, but then I also think for the open, it's like cool to have like things that people know and might relate to something. So I think drums? I may have found a, I may have found a great a mixture of the two. So there's some drums okay. and then it drops into something and then, all right. So anyhow, all right, you ready? <laughs> Will you play the open? <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on, Greg. It's getting things. Hold on, it's getting things out. Okay. All right, here we go. All right. <clears throat> All right. I feel like I, I. I feel every like every week I need to explain it. I feel like I need to explain. I want to. I mean, I want to make sure you're aligned. Like I want to. I want to make sure we're in partnership. I'm. On I'm, the, on I'm always aligned with you. You don't. You okay. never have to worry about that. All right. All right. All right. Let me get these sticks. Let me get these drumsticks. One, two, three, four. Now, <laughs> superstar Dr. Fauci, when describing where we were in the first wave of the pandemic, used the term knee deep. Trump, when describing Fauci, used the term Sir knows devoid of funk. <laughs> That's an aha. I got the new name for the Washington football team, the Washington Possums. They play dead at home and get killed on the road. That's a ha. Sorry, so that's there's there's that one. There's there there's that. That was brilliant. I, I I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. The, the the Washington the Washington Football Club thing is so easy to solve. So if you don't know their history, they came up. They were in the Boston. They were known as the Boston Braves for mm -hmm. one year, and then they changed their name to that abhorrent name. And this is in the 30s. So all you have to do is make a deal with the with the Native Americans. Say, hey, can we keep the logo because Florida Seminoles have a logo, Cleveland Cleveland Indians have a logo, right? Mm -hmm. So the logo is not the issue. The name is. So let us keep the logo. Save money. Mm. and change the name back to the original name, the Braves, which has already been proven to be okay because of the Atlanta Braves. Right. Right. So you change the name, keep the logo, make everybody happy, spend a little bit of money. This was a solution that was a, been, that's been available to them for, oh, I don't know, 83 years. years. Yeah. And they decided to keep that, the, 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 the horrible name, you know how much I love that team. I don't use the name. I know. I know. That is your team. It is. Oh, and as a bonus, by the way, is it a bonus? Um, give me a little. Hire Colin Kaepernick. Hire <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, is that going out to your new head coach, the general yeah. manager, or the owner who refused to change the name until <laughs> the naming? Uh, Entity said you need to change the name. Oh, dude, Nike, Nike, Nike got rid of them. FedEx get rid of them, and I could not be happier. Love the team, hate the name. I long ago got rid of literally everything that had the name on it. I keep the logo. Everything that has the name, I no longer. So when did you, easy, when did you do that? When did you decide that you weren't going to participate so in that anymore? It was probably three years ago when it really hit me, and I don't remember what the, what the thing was, but I was like. Yeah, you know what? If someone if they were called the Baltimore niggas, I'd be really upset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let me just get a little, you know. And and I actually had some, I had a conversation because I was at a game in Phoenix, and there was there were people who were saying who were saying you know who were protesting. Um, a, a, a Native Americans were protesting, and I actually had a conversation about like it was like you know it's not the jersey. We don't hate the team. We just hate the name. Like okay, that that I'm I'm good with that. 
I right. want, as long as my team can win, which they haven't in, I don't know, since, you know, since the since dawn of the time, 80s? since the eighties or nineties, <laughs> since I had a high top fade. <laughs> the last time they won. Okay, that was a minute ago. Okay, but I, right. but I, but I even, I even more appreciate you because you have, you have, the, the NFL pretty much to stand, uh, uh, not for, not for, not for, liberal. No. I got to say, not for what, what I got to, not for lovely people like Sybil. Okay, <laughs> you, you, uh, you shut them out after Colin Kaepernick. You like shut it down, right? Yeah. And until he is hired. Um, and, and then that will be my team, whoever, because first of all, I'm, I'm, you know, the bears, uh, one of the oldest, uh, race, most racist teams. Um, and also, and that goes for the Chicago Cubs as well. So I'm looking for a new baseball team there too. But yeah. um, definitely, I'm definitely whoever hires Colin Kaepernick, he's my guy, and I'm going to go with them. And so that's Look, it's the way I see it. That's the way it ought to be, as George they Wallace. Will be would my, say. They will be my secondary team as well. Because I, I mean, I'll, never, I'll always be the Washington team, but but I, I believe I'm optimistic. I believe Colin's going to get a team this year. I hope you're right. I really do. I, I, I'm trying to be optimistic, but this this world just continues to just to make me sadder every time you turn around and, and you make a step ahead and then you get pushed to back. So um, but let me let me talk about this country a little bit uh, in that uh, we may be having a new person in the presidential derby. What? Say, your, say what you say? Say what? Uh, your friend and his, Kanye West, and t- t- tweeted out over the weekend that he was going to run for president, not in 2024, but this year, 2020. And now he has participated, uh, given an interview to Forbes magazine and announced, yep, it's going to be 2020. And I have a name for the third party party, as well as uh, I've got a running mate. So all of this uh, and, and a lot of rambling, a lot of saying that his new administration is going to be like Wakanda, um, why he doesn't wear the, the hat anymore, why he doesn't, you know, uh, he doesn't like black people who are supporting Joe Biden. It was really it was, it was kind of rambling, very wide ranging, um, but definitely That's the polite way of putting it. Wide ranging is the, exactly the really polite way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely out there, possibly sending a postcard. It's it's sending a postcard from the middle of space and saying, "Wish you were here." Right? That's what it's, <laughs> that's that's kind of what it felt like. Look, here's the thing. And you're a fan. A, this is the first. I'm a fan of Kanye West's music. I love working with Kanye West. I've never met someone more. There's, I'm sorry, there's few people I've met as creative and as dedicated to their creative vision mm-hmm. and their fans as Kanye West. I've worked with him a number of times and I, people are like, how do you do that? It's so difficult. I'm like, yes, but in the difficulty, there's some people who are just difficult just to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Kanye West is difficult because he's got an artistic vision that he wants to fulfill, right? And so I will take that all day long. Mm. Uh, as opposed to, oh, I just want it because I don't know, somebody else has it like that. <laughs> now, that's why I want it. Um, but I think it's the only, it's, you know, th- let's be clear, this is the only presidential candidacy that's come because someone heckled him at an award show. 
right? <laughs> Literally, he was giving a speech at the MTV Awards after getting the Michael Jackson Vanguard Award, mm -hmm. and somebody screamed at him on stage. If you remember, they said, Kanye West for president, 2020. He said, yeah, I'm gonna run in 2020. Literally, right. he got heckled, and that's why this whole thing got up some energy. He he talks about that too. He said it came to him in a vision or in a in a in a uh, oral. What is an oral vision? Just a a, a word. Um, he said he was in the shower at his mom's house. Uh, mom being Kim's mom uh, yes. that he refers to as his Chris. mom now. And he says that uh, he came to him while he was in the shower preparing to go to the award show. And um, so now he is following through on that. Uh, he's taken off his MAGA hat and he is running for vice. He's running for president. He has a vice president. It's a 57 year old white woman from Wyoming. <laughs> we may have met her a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> I thought, by the way, I got to be honest with you. I thought, I, I can't really, I thought that's all that Wyoming had was 57 year old white women. I know. We I saw thought that, that was the entire population. That is. So. That's pretty much it. So uh, it could be any one of them. Um, and it's, do you know what the name of the party is? No. He, no, he says, closing his eyes, bowing his head and shaking it lightly. <laughs> it's the birthday party. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, that said, that said, 808 and Heartbreaks is one of the most influential albums of all time. It came out at the end of 2008 or beginning of 2009. Uh -huh. Before uh -huh. Drake came out, right? No rapper was doing, was being emotional and doing the things that Kanye did. Kanye's pioneering, pioneering production, starting with Jay-Z and then his own stuff of chopping up 70 samples and slowing them down, was revolutionary for the time. What he did with Yeezus in terms of industrial music mm -hmm. was absolutely revolutionary. As a song, as a, as a musician, as a producer, as a music visionary, there are few people more important in the 20th century than Kanye West. That said, what are you running for president for? Like, what the, like, what the, like, like, do you? And by the way, if that's you, like, I want to be clear, I'm perfectly fine if that's what you want to do, but like, uh, uh. But mm -hmm. I don't want to, okay, can I, can I dive in for just, just yeah, a Yeah, of course, dive oh. away. Because I've, I've had this conversation and I think it, what it illustrates is I don't mess with R. Kelly because R. Kelly mentally and in terms physically, sometimes physically um, mess with people, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to go into detail, but like, so I'm going to, but I'm going to make a separation. I don't mess with R. Kelly now gotcha. because of that. Folks who cancel don't want to listen to Kanye West music. Don't listen to it because he has a difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. That's it. There's nothing more than a difference of opinion. So help me understand. Like, let me get straight. I have to agree with everybody whose music I like. Kanye West is undoubtedly one of the most driving forces in music of the 20th century. Right. I hate the fact that he's wearing a MAGA hat. I hate the fact that he's running for president. Don't want him to take any of the, any of the shine off. Mm -hmm. But he still made some of the best music of the 20th, 21st, 21st, sorry, uh, yeah. 21st century. So I just, I think it's, I think we've gotten to the point the cancel culture is just like, if I don't like what you do, I'm canceling that. And I think that's a mm -hmm. really, really dangerous place for people to be and for people to go. 
Well, the other side of that, the cancel culture, as you say, is, you know, he doesn't like uh, what Donald Trump is doing. Uh, he says if if Donald Trump was a Republican, uh, he would run as an independent. If he was an independent, he would run as a Republican. Um, where Wherever their break occurred, I'm not sure. But the biggest break and the biggest problem he has with the Democratic Party and Joe Biden. And he really calls out Biden uh, for his um, <laughs> for his conversation with the the end of his conversation with Charlemagne the God, and saying, you know, you ain't black if you don't mm. if you think you're going to vote for Trump or or whatever that was. So um, he is very unhappy about the uh, slave mentality, as he talks about, of the Democratic Party and assuming and 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 making pe- black folks feel like uh, they have to do this. That is part of the slave culture. And okay, so, are we being are we being honest here? Uh huh. Are you sure we keep it eleven like we're, we always do? Always keep it eleven. So, all of us thought what Biden said was stupid mm-hmm. at the end of Charlemagne the God. Mm-hmm. Kanye's not alone. We actually right. agree on that. Right. We can agree that Biden might as well just change his name to not Trump, and we still <laughs> want to vote for him. Right. 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 Like, right. There's nothing. Ex- nothing is exciting. I can only speak for myself. But I've, but other people. Are but I think you speak for more than yourself. Right. There's nothing exciting us about Biden, but he's not Trump and he's uh-huh. going to be more beneficial to the people that I care about, to this country, to the long term, mm-hmm. um, to the long term health of this country than Trump. But he does not generate. He does not generate like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go out and vote for Biden. But I can I, I can't I do look forward to going out and voting for not Trump. Against. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm with you voting for not Trump. Um, it's it's kind of a rambling. I call it wide ranging. It's kind of a rambling interview. Uh, he talks about the fact that he had like you the coronavirus. He had it in February. Um, but he is like a lot of black folks. He is um, very apprehensive about a vaccine and uh, doesn't see that, you know, he would be willing to um, take the vaccine or his children. And so which brings up a whole nother thing. I'm wondering if he is a true anti-vaxxer, like if his children have been vaccinated, uh, the four of them. Um, And um, it's but you know what what saddens me more than anything is that it still speaks to his battle with sanity. Um, his mental wellness. I'm very concerned about that. And, and that, I think you should be. And I think that, you know, um, it, this is more than anything is, a, I don't want to be so trite as to say it's a call for help, but it's a call for help. I just, uh, I'm trying to make sure I don't say anything that, that because I, I care about him as a person, as an mm-hmm. artist, I know where his heart really is, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that there are people around him that will protect him from causing damage that I know that he doesn't want to mm-hmm. and will keep him, uh, uh, that will um, just look out for what his long-term best interest is. I'm not right. sure who was who allowed the, the, the Forbes thing to happen, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I bring it back to to, to music. But can, can I share something with you? Can I share oh, please, you? please. You know, I don't care what you say about politics. He's one of the most game-changing, pioneering forces ever. So what if he closes up with a pr- Republican president, looks like a complete sellout, 
So what if he's advocating patriotism and telling folks to stop pitting themselves? Black organizations boycott his music and concerts. So what if when asked who a hero of his was, he says renowned racist and Dixocrat Strom Thurmond? Mm. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You, wait, I'm sorry. You thought I was talking about Kanye West? <laughs> I'm sorry. Those are all true things about James Brown. Yeah. Don't forget yeah. that James Brown was in with Nixon. James Brown called Ronald Reagan one of his favorites ever. He yeah. told black folks to stop pitting yourselves, like all those things James Brown did before Kanye West. He was Nixon and Reagan's go-to guy, and he had the he had the heart of the black community. Now, some people turned against him, but like he didn't get the there, there wasn't the cancel culture then. Right. Yeah. That's, they could just yeah. say like, I disagree uh, with you. But he's Godfather. So he's, you know, soul brother number one. Changed music more than almost anybody else in the 20th century. Kanye is that for a hip hop generation. Mm. But now there's cancel culture. Now there's cancel culture. So it's a little different. But yo, you can Google, Google James Brown and Nixon, and you will see the most cheesiness, smilingest. Yeah. Um, hey there. Hi, I'm Brown. But Steve, what if he does have a profound effect upon his fans and his fanhood, and he siphons off enough votes that the not Trump candidate would lose? So that that's giving far too much. That's far giving far too much credit to Kanye West, while at the same time indicting what social media and culture can do and treating the the younger part of the voting populace as a blank mm -hmm. slate and that's the scariest thing i'm less concerned about kanye than, than i am about where people are getting their information and influence from mm. right because i i know well enough to like kanye man i will listen to flashing lights i will listen can't tell me nothing i love gold digger but i'm am i pulling a am i pulling the lever for you at the ballot box no but I do believe we now have a generation that elected a reality show person as a president, mm -hmm. thought Oprah should run as president. I wasn't mad at that. Uh, but but my point is, she's a television. She's a she's a television. She's a television personality. I my was point is, I get it. I saw I saw the look of we, we, we're doing this right. live video, and I saw the look <laughs> on our executive producer's face, <laughs> and I'm not sure I've ever seen that scrunched a face oh before. Oh my gosh, I get a lot life. of that these days. But so 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 yeah, yes, Kanye is a distraction. But the point is, that only matters if you can be distracted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it only matters if you allow yourself to be distracted. Distracted, so. There's so much to to uh, that went into this whole conversation, uh, this whole uh, interview, and and to extract from this. Uh, I I really hope that you take a look at it. It's on Forbes and um, and and not the paper magazine. It was online. Right. Uh, <laughs> but um, it is. It's really interesting, and it made me sad. Um, but it also it makes me want to remind people that this is not the time for us to consider a third party candidate. I don't no. care how much you like his music nope. um, and, and, and want and, and how mad you are at not Trump, the candidate. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I just uh, I need us to to focus. <laughs> I really do. Um, and and one of the other things that we need to focus on is what's going on in our streets. And not talking about um, the police brutality, which of course is um, top of mind as we've gone through these last uh, say six weeks, yeah. um, especially, but even before that, with uh, with with countless others. Um, that our, our good friend Colin Kaepernick tried to bring to the attention of the American public for years. Um, but my hometown, your hometown of Washington, D.C., my hometown of Chicago, affected by violence. And mm-hmm. um, and this past weekend, we had about a, a half dozen, but I'm saying more, uh, young black children, babies, if you will, killed on the streets of our country. Um, and this isn't the first weekend this has happened in Chicago. It's been growing. And um, I wanted us to have a conversation about this. And one of the men who, for as long as I can remember, uh, has taken a stand and has stayed on the south side of Chicago and fought uh, to bring a, a wealth of of education to bring a sense of purpose and social justice to the south side of Chicago, to the city of Chicago, let's just say that, the city of Chicago, um, is Father Michael Flager. And um, he has uh, just taken, uh, he's taken a community and tried his best to lift uh, everybody. And, you know, and they say all boats lifting and he's tried to, to lift our souls, to lift our spirits and to keep the attention on the needs of our community. And, um, and this is a man who deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. I know all of the other things that, that have been said, but, um, Father Michael Flager, I, as you can hear, I am such a big fan of yours and, and, and such an admirer of, of the way you have, uh, cared for our city. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you and, and for joining us here on um, From Hahas to Ahas with Sybil and Steve. Well, thank you so much, Sybil. I, I appreciate that. It is, um, it's been a rough time in Chicago these last three weekends. It's just been unbelievable, unbelievably mm-hmm. bad. Um, and I, as I've been saying, we are now in a state of emergency. We're losing uh, not just so many lives each weekend, but babies. I, I don't remember in my life. We had such a string of babies, 20-month-year-old, a 3-year-old, a 10-year-old, 14-year-old. You know, when I, when I was chaplain of the county jail years ago, if you had killed a child or a mother or a grandmother um, and you came into jail, you had to be isolated mm-hmm. because you'd be killed in the jail. It was a violation. Mm-hmm. But now on the streets of Chicago... Um, you know, we have these babies being killed. And, um, and what I've just been saying the last, you know, last few weeks is that, you know, I was out there marching every day um, about George Floyd um, and his murder. But my, my thing is that anybody that pulls a trigger and kills a black life um, needs to be held accountable, whether that's a cop or whether that's somebody on the corner. Um, because we're losing, uh, we're burying our future. Our, our children are becoming roadkill out here. And that, that cannot become a norm here or anywhere. It is so distressing. Um, and as you, you mentioned that 20 month old, this, this story of a mother in the car with her baby, I think they were making yep. a laundromat run and uh, the baby was in the back seat and somebody pulled up alongside the car, shot at the mother and uh, the, the, uh, bullet went to the back of the car where the baby was and um, 
killed the baby immediately. The mother had the presence of mind to drive to a hospital uh, to try to uh, save right. her child's life. This it just it just bears um, repeating that. How do we stop this madness? I mean, the question is, you know, what do we need to do to make our young men and in some cases, young women feel as though they are worthy, that they deserve all of our love uh, to stop this on, on their part of violence? Well, I, before I, I answer, I just want to one question about that. I knew the father of that baby. And mm. and, you know, what was so tragic is right away, the police while the baby has just been pronounced dead, we're going after the mother and the father, asking, okay, who was the one they were after? What did you do? What have you done? What are the? It was immediately they became the, the prey of the mm -hmm. whole issue and blaming it on them. Neither one of them had done anything, had been involved in anything. The father had to have people he worked with come and give give public witness at a press conference that this this man isn't in anything, but that's the other horn. Top of losing mm -hmm. your child. Now you're the blame for it. That's the immediate thing we run to. We got to blame somebody. So let's blame the father. Let's blame the mother. And that that was totally uncalled for and unacceptable. But but a couple of things I think we need to do right now is, is number one, we've got to hold accountable people that kill. What you know? What's, what what? Are so many people have been mad about about uh, about these police officers? They've done it year after year, month after month, day after day, and nothing happens to them. They're not held accountable. And I think the same thing with somebody on the street. Chicago, eighty percent of the violent of the homicides last year were not solved. I still believe that one of the biggest detriments against people shooting or killing somebody is getting caught. So you know, you have eighty percent chance of nothing happening to you, What's you know, hell, you're going to do whatever you, you know, they're not going to think about that. So people have to be held accountable. Cops do, and anybody that pulls a trigger and kills somebody. I think the second thing is that government, you know, from the federal, the county, the state, um, uh, the city, have to, to concrete. I'm tired of this talk about what we need to do on the south and the west sides. My kindergartners know what we need to do. What's the action? What is the concrete action you're going to do? The investment. You know, we live in communities like where I live in Auburn Gresham, where before the the the, uh, the pandemic, we were like 27, 28 percent unemployment. Mm -hmm. After COVID-19, we went up to like 35, 36 percent. So all the things that were already bad became worse. Um, poverty went up, stores closing, jobs gone. Um, and and this, this third world country look of our community, the government has to be held accountable because they're pulling the trigger that is and is creating so much of the violence and hopelessness, anger, and despair. They've got to be. They've got to do investment. They've got to say concretely what they're going to do, and not just a lot of conversation. I think another thing is we got to wrap our arms. Uh, churches, synagogues, mosques, community organizations have failed miserably. Um, it's time to, to get outside your door, walk the streets, see these brothers, and, and, and tell them, first of all, hey, you, what you just said, Sybil, about the, 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 they're worthy of more. They've got a purpose. They've got, they got a destiny. They've got talent. And they're not here by accident. They're here because they have something to give in the earth and call them for something else to give their life to than just the hopelessness of the street mm -hmm. and guns being the first line of offense. We got, we've got to somehow make our young people feel valued and feel loved, but also held accountable. 
you know, that, you know, this is what's going to happen to you. You're either going to be in the grave or you're going to be in prison. If you continue to go this route, you're better than this. You're, you're more than this. And that has to come from the, from the community and from faith communities in, in the, in the different communities. And I think there has to be this, 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 this chorus, if you will, from government down to grandmother and mother on the street. No, right now we got to stop the triage, stop killing. While we're working on fighting and all these other issues, stop the killing. I, I said today I put out and got a lot of response on it. You know, this last week a seven-year-old was killed, and um, they found this weekend, and they said that they caught him by a ring camera who identified the driver and the car. Mm. So I said today, and I sent it out to the mayor, and I and I put it out uh, in uh, my Facebook this morning, and I said, "Hey, let's let's think out of the box a little bit." So what if the city in, invested by saying, in this, some of these violent communities, we're going to pay for every single home to have ring doorbells, and mm-hmm. so I think a lot of families would appreciate it because sure. that's help protecting their home. And then if you have 20 houses on the block would ring, um, that's all that video. If something goes on in that block, it can begin to identify and catch people. And then it also demands that the city and the government start making free access to Internet, which should be done in the, in the, in the city of Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, kids who talk about go to e- e-learning. Well, you can't go to e-learning if, if you first of all, if you don't have Internet. Second of all, if you have an iPad, but there's three kids in the house and then mom's using it to go to work. Um, so we got to have free internet for everybody and then, um, put in these ring doorbells and let's try it. Let's see if it works. Maybe it won't, maybe it will. Let's try it in some communities, as, but we've as, got to do things differently because what we're doing is not working. And Steve, you know, this, I haven't grown up in DC. You live in New York now. Um, I mean, you know, we're, we're asking these questions and, 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 and yet, you know, we're, we're getting solutions and we have to get behind those people like Father Flager and, and who are coming up with these solutions and saying, yeah, why not? As, as the guy in the White House would say, what have you got to lose? The idea of, of, of free, free or low cost Internet. Right. Because I think I think right. we think of, we think of electricity as something that everybody has, but you still have to pay for because there's you know, there needs to be, you know, th- th- there's an electric company. I think the same thing. I agree with you. Internet, while not solving things, would go a long way to um, long way. Ring doorbells, information, being able to, to being able to every household being able to communicate both, you know, with the police station, with each other uh, is, right. a, is a crucial part. The, the, the question I have is how 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 do we find the two or three issues that um, that are really going to stop the stop the killing in the streets now and push them forward, right? right? What I find now is that agendas are so wide, it's hard to tackle them all at the same time, right? What are the three, like three top things you would, if you could go and say like, I need these three things now and I think this will stop the killing, what are those three things? Uh, if, I, if I had to make that decision, I'd say, first of all, we've got to provide opportunities for jobs. We run a, a program, Steve, with, with called Strong Futures here, and it's taken brothers mostly with, with records, some with ankle bracelets on, still dealing with probation. We take them, and 
Um, when we first went to the city and asked for some funding, then we had to raise our own funding with it and say, let us let us offer these young people stability and jobs. Many of them are sleeping on couches, sleeping in abandoned buildings. You got to make them stable first. You got to do mentoring or coaching to them and then offer them opportunity. You can't just say, put the guns on. You got to offer something to them, them to do, get a job. And we we started out with our first hundred people. In a matter of six months, we had 85 of the first hundred in jobs. Mm. And turned our whole lives around and we continue the coaching and the mentoring, um, you know, for a year and a half, no matter what. Um, and, and we said that, you know, people, there are people who really do want to make changes and differences, but we got to offer them a different street to walk down than just saying the street you're on is bad. So employment is one major thing. And, and we've got to then take communities you know, it really gets me when people say, well, why, why don't these young men, um, value their community? Well, hell, everything around here is boarded up or, mm-hmm. or empty or down, and it looks like the you know vacant lots, and it looks like it's been an abandoned um, and and neglected community. And you want me to value myself in this community, but it's very obvious nobody else does. Mm-hmm. So how do we invest in these communities and give them something to believe in, and then give them jobs to go to to help? sustain themselves and their families. Um, so I think the employment issue, I think the, um, the community investment issue, and, and, I, and I said this to the city just a week ago because I know I see what's coming at the end of this COVID-19. The governor's already come out, the Cook County board president come out, and the mayor's come out saying that or everybody's broke now because of all the money invested in COVID-19. Well, Wherever the hell they went in that basement and printed those trillion dollars to give out to everybody, go back down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And we got to print some more money out because we, we turned around the west side. Said, well, you're from Chicago. I remember it. Remember how Madison Avenue, it was Skid Row. That's right. That's you know, right. and Maxwell Street. I used yep. to run a soup line on Skid Row at, at Madison Street in 1974. I can't eat at a restaurant now because okay. I can't afford it there. <laughs> I can't afford to get in. Yeah, so we turn around what we want to. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so find the money. Take all this TIF money we're giving to help United Airlines renovate and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Take that TIF money. Let's invest in these communities and say we believe in you and in your future. Let's 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 force all these businesses downtown and out in the communities to say, we need you to hire some of these brothers. They, well, they, we, we don't want to change the chance with people at records. Well, hell, you had three or four people your, and your CEO and your boardrooms went to jail for embezzlement. Okay. Take a chance on a brother on the street. You're doing um, it with the governors to come out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We are we we are a state where governors got elected and then go to jail here. So so I mean let's let's take some some real investment in uh, young people in the street. But I think that and then lastly, uh, for the third thing would be education, mm-hmm. education, and not just in the classroom but in the trades. And I mean we know how to do. Good education. Whitney Young, um, uh, Walter Payton, Jones Commercial. We have some excellent schools here. But we but, took away all the trade schools, Jones Commercial. And took away the- all the trades. And I yeah. civil part of it, I believe, is part of that because the unions weren't weren't mm-hmm. hiring no black folks. Right. And and so we have to tell the unions, you know, that day's over. It's a new day here. You're going to hire from across the, across the border of Chicago. And I think we've got to uh, get the trades uh, trades offered for those kids who do not want to go on to to a, a college thing, get to get into trade school, and give them the opportunity to be successful. 
what do what are a whole lot of young people attracted to? The rappers, the entertainers, the singers, and the ballplayers. Why? Because they see them successful. Yep. So let's give them other things to see successful and give them the opportunity to make that because your chances of making it on the court in the NBA is very unlikely. But you got a trade, you come out of an electrician or carpenter, you can you, you can make success for yourself. So I think we gotta give the education and that's the the comprehensive education, jobs and investment to our communities. Father Michael Flager has been our guest here, and um, Father, I was remiss in not giving all of the accolades that you are due, um, because I want people to understand, um, and as you said, 1974, when you had a soup kitchen, but yeah. you're out there doing these things um, for a very long time, uh, and one of the things, at the request of the late, great uh, Mrs. Coretta Scott King, you were the keynote speaker for the National Martin Luther King Jr. Commemorative Service, not once, but twice, uh, in January of 2003 and 2017 at Ebenezer Baptist Church and at his at the request of the family you're also the one of the speakers to eulogize Mrs. King's service on uh, February uh, February 8th of 2006 and there's so many a lifetime achievement award um, from the Office of Racial Justice of the Archdiocese of Chicago which is big because I'm, I'm I gotta be honest with you. I wasn't sure that the archdiocese knew about racial justice in some respects. But well, um, I don't think they do yet. But I think <laughs> that that the jury's out on that one, Sybil. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming on. And will you come back again and and we would, can talk about this? I really appreciate it. I would love to. Thank you both, you and Stephen. I thank you for your conversation thank you. and and, and thank the you. issues you raised. Thanks for enlightening us always. So thanks so much, both of you. We appreciate you. That's Father Michael Flager of St. Sabina's on the south side of Chicago. And um, once again, um, we appreciate his joining us here today. Steve, I heard a story, and I don't know if he's still there, but I heard a story um, talking about people who um, are looking, they're looking for people who have information about these shootings and how ridiculous it is. You know, you say, well, if you see something, you got to say something. And so this woman called the police and she said, um, I understand that you're looking and I have this information and, the, and you're sure that, you know, I'm, my name's not going to be mentioned. The next day she looks out the window. There's four police cars in front of her house. How no. does this encourage people no. to get involved and to to tell what they know? That's, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. Look, and, and, and you say defund the police. I think it's a horrible name, but the idea is to divert funds from the police to things that are going to build up communities. But the only and the only way that's all going to work is if you the whole stop snitching. You make it so people are incentivized to make sure that their neighborhood is safe. Mm -hmm. And putting police cars out in front of your house. Yeah. You know, just says, you know, it's, it's, a person, it's, me. it's me, That's it's right. me, it's me, but I might as well have clique lights out there, you know. Well, so unless, he, unless, and by the way, unless she was running kilos of coke through her house, then it could be <laughs> <laughs> like, if we want to be honest, if we want to be a hundred percent, if we want to be a hundred about it. Oh, at hun. Okay. Okay. You're right. She you're was, right. you know, all of a sudden Crockett and Tubbs show up at her house. It's another story. <laughs> Rocket and tough. What, 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 what's the date on my calendar right now? <laughs> Is it 1984 already? All what? over again. Right. Oh, uh, I like, I like that, uh, yeah. that uh, collarless shirt, t-shirt, the turquoise <laughs> that you're wearing. And that big ass jacket with no socks and the loafers. Okay. Yeah, the sleeve player. rolled up and everything. Yeah, man. Um, 
Philip Michael uh, Thomas. So uh, let's talk about our, our our favorite topic of the week. What's that? Who's your Karen? Who's oh, your Karen? Oh, 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 wait. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, so we talked about this last week, and I I was remiss. I did not have an intro for our for our for our uh, segment. Mm-hmm. Because you have some Karen information, and I've got I've got an intro. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm kind of excited about this. I'm, I, I, you just, oh, I'm excited. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm kind Mr. of Cotter. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> All right. Hey, hey guys, y'all ready? Y'all got this? <laughs> y'all got y'all note? Y'all got y'all note? Yo, y'all got your note? You good? Y'all are good? All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> All right. You, the dude, yo, yeah, you, Ray, you, the dude, <laughs> dude doing the breath. You got the breath part. All right. You ready? All right. We're going to start with you. Here we go. Speechless. I, I I'm verklempt. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> that was a genius piece of work right there, my friend. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of that. I'm you very proud be. of that. You hey, you guys be. were great. You guys were great. Good stuff. All right. All right. And you See, the great thing is you guys could sing like that and you had masks on. So that's cool. That's that's also that's lovely. All right. So so <clears throat> wait. <clears throat> as as uh as we said, we are talking about um wait, wait, wait. This week in Karen. <laughs> All right, and Sybil, for this week in Karen, what's happening? I gotta tell you, I'm 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 really having a hard time doing this story now after <laughs> this. But um, this week, one of the Karens that started out, it was the 25th of. May. Uh, Karen was discovered in the park walking a New York uh, City uh, at Central Park walking her dog in a bird area of the park and she was asked by a black man to uh, leash her dog and she said no she wouldn't do it She and he tried to uh, get the dog on his side and, and, and the things that he normally does uh, the, the black birder and so uh, she called the police. He's videotaping it. All of this. She, uh, she was identified. She lost her job, and now she's been charged with a misdemeanor uh, of making a false report. Right? Ha ha. Oh wait, wait, we're ahas. Wait, we're ha ha's to ahas. That's a ha ha. Ha But but get this. Mm-hmm. The black birder, also Mr. Cooper. Um. Mm-hmm. He's he's not going along with the authorities. He's not going to uh, go along with uh, the charges. He's not going to cooperate. He says she suffered enough. So I kind of understand that. I I admit I understand that. There's no reason to go any further. Like don't bring police charges. Just like she's got to live a life of disgust. Like she's the scarlet letter woman for the rest of her life. Like she is the scarlet K, right? Nope. She got a scarlet K for the rest of her life. That's nope. it. You think nope. she's going to jail for that? Yes. 
that'll learn you. As my mama said, that'll learn you, darn you. And somebody has to be the one to take. Now, granted, she's not as crazy as the other Karens who are now going out pulling their guns out and telling people to get out of their way. Um, That, uh, okay, that is, that's, that's worse. Um, But still, I just think somebody has to be taught a lesson and Karen, darn it, you're going to have to be taught a lesson. And if you have to go in and do some time with Big Bertha and the girls, uh, I'm okay with that. See, we talk about criminal justice reform in this show. It'd be like, what are you in here for, man? Oh, yo, man, I, I, I murder. I, I, I off these two people. What you in here for, yo? Just bank robbery, man, came down. We had a million dollars, but then the door said pull, and I pushed. That was some bull. What you in here? <laughs> What what are you what are you in here What are you in here for What's your name What's your name girl I called I called I, I called the I called the police on a dude What <laughs> <laughs> Oh we're taking your money now We're taking your lunch money now Let's let's be clear with how this is gonna go down for like the five years you're here Wait wait y'all but guess no. what She Karen She Karen She She's Karen. the Karen She the Karen She the Karen Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I, you know that's cool, but okay. As, as, but ladies and gentlemen, that was beautiful. This week <laughs> in Carol. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Oh my God! When the Grammy people come a calling, I'm telling you, right? I feel it. I yep. feel it. Yep, I do too. I know we got to go soon. Short shot, short shout out to uh, Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle, the pr- pitcher for the uh, uh, Washington uh, Nationals, the, the mm-hmm. professional team in Washington that does not have an offensive name, um, who just basically <laughs> said like, yo, you, you baseball is something you deserve after you flatten the curve and keep it going down. Like, you don't get to do it now. Like, you're, you want to come and not wear a mask? You're crazy. Right. Like... Uh, <laughs> We don't have time, but uh, we should bring that up because there will be others as this week goes along. And now with the NBA down there and the uh, uh, MLB uh, taking the field. Yeah, we will have an opportunity to talk about that. Absolutely. But can you still go back to my favorite joke of the night before we close? (laughs) Why you want to call them the possums, the Washington possums? That is positively brilliant. Yo, my, positively yo, I love my team, but they they are the possums. They play dead at home and they get killed on the road. That is, <laughs> that is the that is the truth. That is the truth of my lovely beloved football Washington football, football squad mm-hmm. squad. Mm-hmm. If you if 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 they can be called that, like I'm not yeah. even sure. Sometimes I'm yeah, sometimes you know, hey. You know. I feel your pain. I was a Bears fan. Um, So thank you so much. Great show as always. Thanks to all the folks that made this possible, as well as our guest, Father Michael Flager. I I just, I adore him so much. And I do um, want to jump and say free, free or low cost internet really. And that idea about the ring phones on the mm -hmm. houses with, with low cost internet, Mm -hmm. like it shouldn't be glossed over. Whenever I hear somebody, somebody, whenever I hear somebody say something great, I'm like, okay, stop, let's pause. Let's not just let that go. No, that's breathe, one of those breathe. things. That's yeah. one of those things. So Absolutely. Shop later. Absolutely. Um, and thanks so much to you, Stephen Hill. Appreciate you. And a great job to your, your choir um, and all the musicians you brought in today. Really, really appreciate yeah. it. Yo, y'all, y'all, y'all can't hear the Sybil, Sybil said y'all did good. Yo, get, yo, yo, get, get out of my refrigerator. Yo, what are you doing? <laughs> that 
food's gonna last me for a week. <laughs> I'm sorry. What were you saying? They they deserve to be fed. They really uh, do. That's true. They do. That was, yeah, especially that dude, that the dude on the low voice was especially killing. Man, it. those that low voice dudes. Woo. Yeah. They yeah. Bye, Stephen Hill. Bye, Sybil Wilkes. Love you. Thank you very much. Love you more. <laughs> Ha ha, 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 